Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about energy and sustainability from Alpha Energy Group. Welcome to another Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Samuel Clements, Sustainability Specialist at Alpha Energy Group. And today I'm joined by Andy Pratt, Head of Group at Field Studies Council. Andy, how are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Samuel, yourself. Very good. Thank you for joining us today. Field Studies Council, your head of group there, and um, be great to learn a bit about what, what Field Studies Council does. Okay, so the Field Studies Council is a national charity and we provide environmental education opportunities across the UK. A lot of school children come to visit our centres, which are dotted around um, some of the most fantastic parts of England, Scotland, Wales. But, but also, we run a whole range of different projects in urban areas, uh, developing digital resources, uh, and also a wide range of uh, publications and very popular sort of fold-out charts, so that we can really engage as wide a range of people as possible in, in the environment and, um, yeah, get people moving in the same direction. Fantastic. And what, in terms of sustainability or being green, what, what does that actually mean for the organisation itself? Okay, so, so being green is really at the heart of everything that we do because our mission is to provide environmental education for as wide a range of people as possible. It's, it's at the core of our values, really. So I guess it starts with a sort of fascination and curiosity with, with nature and then develops into that sort of sustainable lifestyle and uh, you know, making our operation as environmentally effective as we can so that we can you know, share our interest and demonstrate the best practice in terms of um, sustainability. Brilliant. So really at the heart of obviously what you're doing externally, but internally as well, it's really in the ethos. So, so as a business, what are you doing yourselves to decarbonise? So we've been working on sustainability for a very long time. So we've just started our uh, plans towards 2030 carbon net zero, but that's really based on years and years of work towards sustainability before that. So in terms of our, our current work, we've developed a carbon net zero and nature recovery plan. And there, there are three strands of that. The, the first one is carbon reduction. So we're looking at where we can make maximum gains in reducing our carbon. So that's looking particularly at things like heating and lighting around our, our residential centres, but also travel in between centres and um, whilst people are staying with us. But the, the second strand is around nature recovery, which is making the most of the, the, sur- the surrounding land around our field sites, which there, there's clearly there's a biodiversity link there, but also that potentially provides opportunity to, for carbon offset in the future as well. And then the, the third aspect is around advocating sustainability. And, and that's key to what we do about engaging visitors and having a, a greater impact, engaging staff, engaging visitors, engaging stakeholders, so we can all work effectively to uh, reduce our, our emissions. Okay, so a solid plan with a with a date in mind and, and also a nature recovery plan, so three, three areas of that. And you mentioned um, stakeholders there. Just wondering what your drivers were, what really prompted you to act? Okay, so, so I think actually the, the, the core of what drives us is actually our values because it's so embedded in what we do and the way we think and what we deliver. And, and so really, in, in many respects, you know, we're very keen to be leading the field in this area and particularly in, in our sector. So, you know, we're looking to influence others within our sector and also suppliers and people that we work with. But, but equally, over the next 10 years, you know, we can see that this is going to become increasingly important to, to our visitors who, who will demand a sort of a green experience, I suppose you would say. 
a green experience. I really like that. Is there's definitely increasing demand for accountability to be green, but it's great that your organisation also allows those real hands-on experiential experiences of being in green, the outdoors. So, what are some of the key things you've achieved on this sustainability journey to date? So, really, if you look back at what we've achieved over the sort of the last ten years. But as I say, we've been we've been working on this for an awful long time, so we've got a very strong tra- track record. So um, back in 2011, we, we set ourselves the ambition of reducing our carbon emissions by 40%, and we've actually by 2019 we'd actually achieved 65%. So we're very proud of what we've achieved so far, and and the way in which we've done that is we've installed various different sorts of renewable heating systems around our our centres, so that we've got a lot, a lot of different sort of pilot projects going on. So there's a lot of learning that that we can take from that, which we can then use to develop in the future. We've looked at things like LED lighting, and we've worked with um, yourselves for energy to procure green energy supplies. So, so a whole range of things, as well as um, you know, working with the, with the staff to ensure that we've got a green team in place, and we're supporting the staff to make improvements as well. It sounds a really proactive approach and some real savings already on the carbon. You mentioned there in terms of green supplies. Is there any other ways that Alpha has been helping you on that journey? Yeah, so so Alpha have been instrumental in our planning and thinking towards 2030. So yeah, as I say, we, you know, we we've made some significant achievements, but actually, in some ways, that then makes the job even harder now because all the, the it's it's the easier things to do have been done, and now it's the more difficult side of things. So really, Alpha Energy are helping us with, um, with the technical expertise to make sure that there is credibility in, in what we're doing and also gives us that kind of reassurance that we're on the right path so, so that we're actually confident that we'll be able to hit these targets by 2030. Okay, so a sort of advisory guiding hand, as it were. And what role does data play? There's lots of talk around data-driven solutions and, and data being key to sustainability. But what's your experience there of, of using data on this journey? Yeah, well, data, data is, is, is critically important to us. So I think it's interesting in terms of the way our approach has evolved in terms of um, sustainability and carbon. You know, we've gone from a very sort of a lot of keen individuals that are enthusiastic, you know, and we've had some very imaginative projects in the past. But increasingly, monitoring has played a more important part of that so we can actually see the successes and to ensure that we're all following the same path. So more recently, again, um, Alpha Energy have, have been fantastic with supporting us in developing a carbon dashboard for our organisation, uh, which enables us to have real-time data, uh, which enables us then to, to manage the energy use uh, more proactively. And at the moment, we're looking at how we can embed that as, as key performance indicators at, at organisational level, but, but also at unit level and within teams and, and and even to individuals if we can. So, you know, data and measuring is, is going to be a core part of the way we move forward over the next 10 years. Okay, so it sounds like it's fair to say data is pretty important, but also how to use, so having, I think, good visibility and outputs from that data. More generally now, how would a company avoid greenwash? This is the, the worry nowadays that may, maybe there's Commitments, which can be hollow, um, not real action. So in, in your experience, how does a company or an organisation avoid greenwash? Well, well, I think it probably starts, um, in, for us, it starts very much internally. Um, I think we're probably, our, the level of sort of self-criticism within the organisation is probably quite high that we hold ourselves to account. 
And so we have to provide evidence to, to that we're making those improvements. And I think also it's, it's, it's who you align yourselves with in terms of partners and stakeholders so that we are working with, with others that also have a level of credibility as well. And is there any accreditations or frameworks that you're actually working towards? So over a period of time, we've, we've used a range of different um, accreditations and been involved with different ones. So we've worked with the Carbon Trust. We've also worked with people like the Green Tourism Business Scheme, the Soil Association, their Food for Life projects. So there's a number of different frameworks that we've used. At the moment, we're just sort of reflecting on those a little bit just to make sure that we get the best scheme that works best for us, really. And do you have any advice for other companies or organisations that haven't actually begun their net zero journey yet? Yeah, I, I think for, for us, it's been around knowing our business and knowing where we can make the greatest impact. Because, of course, everybody has limited resources. So we need to put our resources where they'll make greatest impact. So, again, for, for FSC, it's about the, the fossil fuels that we're using, try to reduce those, and that's around heating and lighting and travel as much as anything else. But, but of course, you know, for different organisations in different sectors, those um, impacts will be will be greater in different areas. So, so it's about focusing those resources. Uh, and then I think the, the other side is, is just about engaging um, staff teams and engaging stakeholders so that, again, that we can direct energies to, to where they're most needed. And, and I think those are the, uh, the, the places to begin. And just embarking on this journey, has there been any surprises in terms of things that were maybe a bit more difficult or, or easier than you might have expected? Well, I think the uh, the pleasant surprise has been the enthusiasm and the energy that and the creativity that the staff teams um, show. You know, there's a real passion within the organisation and um, to drive this forwards. So, and that comes from our trustees at the very top, and um, you know, through through all the staff. I think that that's been a real positive part of what we do. Great. And just just to wrap up, really on a on a personal front, we obviously. COP26 about to begin and lots in the news about wildfires and floods and, and all the impacts of climate change. Are you as an individual hopeful about the future? Yeah, I, I think um, it's always important to be optimistic about, about the future. And I think the, the you know, COP26 is really raising awareness, both in terms of you know, what's happening you know, inside COP26, as it, as it were, with the policy leaders and decision makers, but also hey, all the spin-offs from COP26, and there's really raising awareness. And so there's a real highlighting and profile around some of the areas that we've been working on for a very long time. And so, um, you know, what's important to us is to be able to harness that, that profile going forwards and be able to move forwards from there. So, yes, you know, uh, this is a time of great opportunity, really. We're keen to make the most of that to achieve our targets in the future. Well, thank you there to Andy and to our listeners. If you'd like to learn more about Alpha Energy Group resources and services, please visit alphaenergygroup.com. And we look forward to welcoming you back to another episode of our sustainability series on The Resonance soon.